we've learned anything from these past couple of years, my fellow Americans, is that personal medical freedom and liberty are in crisis. America Out Loud Pulse brings together the top experts in healthcare-related fields to keep you a beat ahead. Welcome, Dr. Naomi Wolf. This Thank is you. Dr. Peter Bregan, and this is Ginger Bregan. Hi, folks. We are on America Out Loud Pulse, and we'll get right to it. Uh, I think uh, Naomi, Naomi is on book tour in a way today with Thank a marvelous you. new book, the second one in a not very long period of time. This is called Facing the Beast. Courage, faith, and resistance in a new dark age. Um, it is impossible to exaggerate Naomi's gifts as a writer. Uh-huh. I mean, that's just a fact of the matter. Um, you will think you're reading a novel, and you will realize that, no, it's all about reality, the reality of the people she actually knows by name, a reality about what's going on with COVID-19, reality about what's going on in the world. But it's, uh, it's she writes with an attention to the detail of the people around her that is quite remarkable. Thank you. And um, you inspired and helped me realize that we were looking, and this is a very, very major, uh, important insight for me, that with COVID-19 and with the jabs combined and all the threats and intimidation they're giving us, the whole population is kind of subdued now. And everywhere we go, and uh, I remember, Naomi, I brought up, you know, it reminds me of lobotomy, and we were having a, a, a to-do together on um, on TV with, with the wonderful German uh Reiner. Uh, Reiner Fulnich, uh, who's in jail, last I heard, in in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want just to let um, just get Naomi to, Naomi to talk about what, what she's interested in. But her writing is great, folks. You'll pick this book up and you turn to page, whatever page I gave you. And and if you looked at it, started reading it, you would read it and you would keep reading it. She's that kind of writer. And uh, she's also done important scientific work in organizing the the examination of the Pfizer documents. I don't know how you ever got to do that, taking charge of that. And that was a great gift. So thank you. Miami Wolf. It's very kind. Well, it's an honor to be speaking to both of the Breggans. Um, You both uh, kind of paved the way with your book um, about the global predators, COVID-19 and the global predators. uh, And, you were ahead of the curve on so many things. So I just want to thank you. And you it's not the first time you've been ahead of the curve. I just want to acknowledge and honor Dr. Bregan again for his work trying to save people, disproportionately women is my bet. I know we've talked Definitely. about this. Yeah, from from being kind of um, mutilated intellectually via lobotomy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so you're so and right. electroshock dear electroshock too and drugs it's all one damn package yeah that's that's right exactly and and you were among the first if not the first 
even before the second wave of feminists to understand the politics of what was happening when people's anger or lack of compliance or resistance was um, recategorized as an illness that needed intervention. Um, and, And you understood politically what it meant to turn people into zombies basically or to 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 make them comply you know one way or another whether with drugs or lobotomies or electroshocks so thank you you know for all of that and i think it did prepare you both for being ahead of the curve and seeing what this was you know this mass um tyrannical move to force compliance on the whole world um <clears throat> so yes my book is facing the beast courage faith and resistance in a new dark age and Um, picks up on themes that, you know, we discussed last time for sure, but it's basically uh, my witnessing of the last two and a half years, uh, very much in the spirit of Victor Klemper's book, I Will Bear Witness, about the early years of the Nazi era. I just thought it was kind of important. You know, readers have said this has kind of a diary entry feel or journal entry feel sometimes. And that's true. It's not all there is to the book, but I do think we're living in a uniquely evil moment and for the sake of humanity and looking back and for the sake of historians, but also for the sake of morality, it's so important to notice these little subtle and not so subtle moves against our humanity and against our compassion and moves to break us. Um, the center of that journey, <clears throat> as you mentioned, Dr. Bregan, is this project that your audience may be aware of already, but for those who may not be, it's 3,250 doctors and scientists and biostatisticians and medical fraud investigators, lab clinicians, research scientists, biological scientists who have united as volunteers under the leadership of, it's not me, it's my amazing COO, Amy Kelly, who's very good at this, Um, And under her uh, oversight, they've produced 92 reports to tell the world what's in the 450,000 Pfizer documents. And by doing so, and this is all in the book, Facing the Beast, by doing so, they've um, uh, announced um, the greatest crime against humanity in recorded history and dive down into how Pfizer knew that they were going to be causing strokes at massive scale, uh, blood damage at massive scale, you know, 1,225 deaths in three months, um, half of the serious adverse events within 48 hours of the injection. They knew they were damaging the hearts of minors. They, But the the, the centerpiece of the Pfizer documents and the, the reports and the findings of these volunteers, I think matters more than the harms to this generation because it affects the future. There's a 360 degree focus, it turns out, in the Pfizer research on sterilizing um, women and and men and, and making it impossible for women to bring babies safely to term. So we're looking now at a 13, <clears throat> pardon me, a 13 to 20% drop in live births, um, especially in the West. And we're looking at a 40% rise in maternal mortality. Um, and, and our, our experts have explained all of this, you know, the poisoning of breast milk, the, uh, destruction of placentas, um, the, the blocking of ovaries, it's all right in this book. And then I guess, lastly, related to that is my insight. And I'm so interested to talk to you both about this. Um, my, my kind of, it, how, how a, a political journey turned into a spiritual journey, because I, came to face the fact that 
the evil I was seeing was at on a larger scale than human beings could accomplish by themselves. And this led me to believe that there was a metaphysical dark force that had been unleashed on the planet. And paradoxically, this led me to believe in God more literally than I had, because I thought there must be something good that this dark force is aimed at. And if you you drill down, as you all did in your book, maybe not in this language, but in your work, certainly if you drill down into what has been targeted by this evil force in the last three years, it's everything that brings us closest to God. It's family, the human face made in God's image, the, you know, the, the intimacy, uh, caring for our elders, um, community, prayer, churches, synagogues, uh, art, you know, music, song, dance, right? It's, it's all the things that make us human, but make us human in relationship to a, a larger benign um, kind of uh, mission for us, right? The spiritual mission. So that's what's in this book. Well, it's it, it certainly is the same direction that we've been growing since we we started uh, looking at what's going on in the world. Um, when I was writing, I do the final product writing. Ginger though does a lot of editing. Ginger does some writing. Ginger does the main research, and Ginger <laughs> okay. does a lot of the, Ginger does a lot of the ideas. Some of the best ones, um, but in writing it sitting in front of the computer and writing it, I often felt like I was directly in the presence of evil. Mm. That something was was like trying to put a straitjacket on me as I wrote. I, I felt How that. did you feel that? Like, can you talk more about that feeling? Because I'm so interested in those descriptions. Well, I think even though I'm a therapist and psychiatrist and you're a writer, you probably know more about feeling than I do from the way you write. But um, the and so does Ginger. But um, the the feeling was of dread. Yeah, that was what yeah. I felt too. Separately, like this cold kind of a terror that was almost uh, caused me to freeze to feel like both hopeless and helpless and terrorized uh, yeah. to the point that. You know, you you feel statue turn like you're turned into a statue. You're immobilized, yeah. and I dealt with that by praying. And mm-hmm. uh, for a while, I I I have a little cross that I wear every day. For a while, I put on my other one also. So I was wearing two crosses. Part <laughs> of Dr. Fauci's two masks. Yeah, right? I was wearing two crosses. Well, extra protection. You'll have yes. two crosses. I had a couple of uh, Catholic saints statues around and so forth. And when it got to be the worst, we'd come to each other because fortunately, it never happened to both of us at exactly the same time. Although I'm sure we would have weathered that too. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And did it feel um, the same for you, Dr. Bregan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to even for me to encapsulate it, but it felt like evil, and it really drew me nearer to God. So, you know, there's a lot of similarities here. It definitely drew me nearer to God. Um, and I've also had a principle since childhood. You know, I don't want to talk too much about me, though, but um, that I should not obey fear. Hmm. That I could take it into account. I could, I, and I remember this as a young child, thinking that things I wanted to do that were very scary, like stopping the bully in the school and stuff, and um, sometimes higher things like that I was struggling with inside myself, all by myself. 
And when I realized the extent of the efforts that they were going to go to stop us, including Robert Malone suing for $25 million for our doing a scientific analysis of his thinking on on uh, psychosis, which is my field. Um, <laughs> and looking at all that, the conclusion I had to come to is we really were over the target. Right, right. And that that's why we got the big suit. And our book sold 150,000. I mean, and we did it ourselves. Amazing. Well, Ginger was the publisher. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, we have this in common. And um, I'm Jewish too. Not everybody listening may know that. I'm really interested in your spiritual growth and and what what you did go through. Um, we never got to talk a lot. We had a couple. We had an interview with you. We um, we were on one one other show together. Maybe maybe more than one. I'm not sure. But you came into the movement as such a burst of of excitement and um, inspiration, and you. Has that continued or are they catching on to what you're saying? Because we have people in our movement that don't want us to talk about globalism. I was so glad to see in the book you're zeroing in on some of your pages very eloquently on globalism. That is what they don't want us to talk about. That's where the devil comes in. He's the globalist. He is the globalist. It's interesting you say that because my husband, Brian, was um, reading a book called uh, The Specter of Communism, is ruling our world or something like that by Epic Times. It's kind of a history of communism currently. And the conclusion of that book, which is a very sober political analysis, is that communism is Satan, right? Or is a version of Satan. And um and and globalization, I mean, I I I kind of agree with you that like I think in different eras, dark forces have different clothing almost historically, and that the clothing of this dark force right now in 2023 is globalization. It's the World Economic Forum. Well, all the all the global predators, you know, you identified, um, and the methodology of this anti-human reordering of the world. Um, but you know, since I began writing uh, Facing the Beast, I've really noticed the kind of um, metaphysical aspects of that, right? Which are really hard to talk about, but like once you break the seal people seem eager to want to talk about it because I think a lot of people are what we're feeling. Um, And you're not going to solve this problem of this moment through normal political discourse alone, you know, without opening that door, right. To, is there a metaphysical dimension here? But (laughs) it's so interesting. I just like, (laughs) I I, I was going to share something with you and I just like literally lost it, you know, and I, I I think we're kind of dealing with that, those kind of um, it like, interruption yeah, yeah absolutely you know, all the time right and and i know what you're talking about about like dread and heaviness and that sense of like what's the point i can't go on um but i was just going to say the the uh, you know one of the essays or one of the chapters is called have the ancient gods returned and i thought that you know this evil was just material and political as i mentioned but now i can't help noticing what how there's a targeting of the Latin mass and there's a targeting of, you know, there's Brian's analysis of what's going on right now with the hyping of the conflict in the Middle East is the globalists are trying to make all the Abrahamic religions turn on each other and kill each other off. You know, there's, yes. there's this, like weird, like 
sacralization of, uh, you know, ChatGPI or, you know, people worshiping their pets or people, I mean, I'm not kidding. There's, you know, people sacrificing mm-hmm. their children. The, it seems like there's an occult dimension to the evil that we're up against or, you know, and I think a lot about delusion, right? Because all of us have gone through, and this is relates to your discussion of psychosis. Um, all of us are still dealing with the fact that half of the country is in a state of some kind of delusion still, right? They're not thinking normally. They're not thinking critically. They're not operating with a normal kind of prefrontal cortex analytical mind anymore. And some of this, I explore it with Dr. Chris Flowers finding some of it could be brain damage from the injections that cross the blood brain barrier. Some of it is um, there's this new book out I'm excited about called The Propagandized Mind, I think it's called. Um, some of it is just like repetition and, 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 you know, you've addressed so much of it with your work on, you know, mass formation or your challenge to mass formation. But what if there's also a spiritual element? What if a spell has been cast on people? You know, like, like it, it keeps making me think of like Sleeping Beauty where there, you know, everyone just lost consciousness, you know, in that whole community, they just lost consciousness and they didn't know they were unconscious, right? Or zombie movies. I mean, there's something happening with delusion that is not, I mean, I don't mean to short circuit the psychiatrist's approach at all. You know, I defer to it, but I don't think these things are just- No, don't ever (laughs) defer to the psychiatrist's approach. I don't think these analyses or these tools are mutually exclusive. I think someone can be crazy and possessed at the same time. I think also that the fear campaigns that have been run again and again and again across all of Western civilization, and I'm not as familiar in regards to the other developing countries, but the way that so many of them have also masked up and done the social distancing and so forth. I suspect that it's been exactly the same around the world. That has its own kind of casting of a spell. And that a lot of individuals who are just sort of trying to get along in life, raise their kids, um, put a roof over their heads, make sure that they have enough uh, food to the end of the month or the, you know, the rent is covered. There are a lot of people like that in the world. And this kind of uh, disruption is so overwhelming. I suspect it's very hard to step back from it. Also, I believe that in the intellectual realms, uh, in the ivory towers and the, and the universities and so forth, there's such a commitment to the concept of experts that that to hear from all these experts and to try and break through that is very difficult and we need to take a quick break we'll be right back world-class care from doctors you can trust all from the comfort of your home that is one wellness Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. 
There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Well, this is Ginger Bregan, and I'm with my husband, Dr. Peter Bregan, and we're with our wonderful guest, Dr. Naomi Wolf. Naomi, thank you so much for being with us today. Author of Facing the Beast. It's kind of funny thinking about your title because our book will be out maybe in early in the year. Ooh, um, and many of the titles that have crossed my mind sound exactly like Facing the Beast. Really? What is uh, the title of your fourth book? Well, what is the title of the well, book? Well, we, we're not using a title yet, but I did work a lot on facing the book, greatest bullies of the world and facing oh. this. and fa- Because that's what we're doing, facing yeah, we're, evil. We're facing we evil. Are, right. we are, yeah, we're facing something so horrendous. And um, one of the things I'm doing in our in my thinking now and what I talk about on the air and our some of our blogs and stuff is is how much fits in so much how much the global community has approved of the worst kinds of horrors to perpetrate on people and has used psychiatry to demonstrate it so i've been thinking about this analogy between 1936 man named igaz a portuguese psychiatrist Mm -hmm. is literally doing the first mass lobotomies and slicing through the brain oh, with an oh. instrument with a four-inch wire between tongues. Oh. It's like yeah, I know it's, it's like it's like doing it to a big salami. Imagine doing it to the human brain. And of course, he horribly damaged people. And of course, it was picked up by psychiatry all over the world. We did. Uh, we have one man here, Walter Freeman, who actually used to put a, a nice pick through people's. Oh. Eyeballs around the eyeball, oh. tap it through the bone and swish it around. That's enough for Naomi. She's <laughs> she's going to have dread here. But I was the first person to stand up to him openly in public, and he uh, and the first person to go to court against him as a medical expert. But he died in the process. Walter Friedman. Walter yeah. Freeman. Yeah. So now 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 Moniz gets the Nobel Prize for this in, in the thirties. No. In 1949. Oh, okay. And what happened in 48 with the Nuremberg Code? Saying to all these European uh, people, you know, these uh, apex global predators, I'm calling them now, the elite, that you can't do this to people. Right. Um, right. You, you cannot, in a, in, a con- in a concentration camp, a closed system, a jail, a prison, you can't say, oh, no, they agreed to be frozen to death or... 
or they agreed to have their brains sliced up and destroying the expression of their humanity. So then now uh, we have the um, mRNA people, not Mm. Malone, whom they don't credit at all, but uh, uh, two people who published many, many papers have now gotten Nobel Prize for the mRNA, probably the greatest medical atrocity of all times. Although they were certainly not involved so much in the perpetration, they were more like, uh, you know, they were like, I don't know what to compare them to, Mangala? I don't know. No, they didn't do things directly to people. Right. So we have the elites putting their stamp on these awful things. Mm -hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with how brain damaging all these things are, that they've wanted to dumb us down. And you said earlier, psychosis or brain damage. Brain damage is different than, say, somebody hallucinating they're being persecuted or somebody hallucinating their abusers from childhood. It takes mm. an intact brain to fill your mind with all these things. This mm. is a lower level of thinking that's produced. It's mm. an injured, brain-injured way of thinking, and I think that's more that, of what we're seeing. That's so interesting. So things like loss of impulse control, the inability yes. to have a binary, like a, a nuanced view, this very binary thinking that yep. we see everywhere, that's um, brain, that's characteristic of brain damage as opposed to- Yeah, mild to severe brain damage produces, it breaks the machinery. It's the difference between a bad TV show and interference on the TV. Wow. It's a nice metaphorical comparison. Um, what do you mean? Well, um you can still hear the show through the static, but there's static mm-hmm. interference if oh. you're having trouble with your machinery. So you're not as connected. Yeah, so that's the brain damage. Whereas when people are doing very bad TV, that's like psychosis. Right. Okay. Oh, right, 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 right. Or TV with extra voices. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. Interesting. laughs> yes. Now that's very interesting. Um, well, let me ask you because I rarely get a chance to talk to someone with your qualifications. I'm sorry. Um, you have a dog in the background. I have a dog in the background. We've had one in Ginger's that's lap. Okay. Oh. <laughs> if, if he's too disruptive, I'll get him and hold no. him. And, but um, he's trying to protect me from the leaf blower guy, who's not a threat. But. Um, what would you like? Can people's brains heal? I mean, I miss, I miss the personalities that are that are gone. You know, or can people's brains recover? Is brain damage brain damage forever? And and if they can recover, what can people do to recover? Well, I approach it from the spiritual viewpoint. Even though I'm a physician, I mean, we don't know a lot about healing the brain physically, other than the regular things: eat well. Um, exercise moderately, mm-hmm. and then I th- um, and well, and exercise moderately, and those are kind of the basic things. I'm not sure of any particular uh, in- intervention that might help. Maybe if you're an older woman, estrogen. Maybe a, you know, I th- I think it's going to take some sophisticated stuff we haven't evolved yet. But what I think is the real healing is a love, a loving view of yourself and life. The spirit can actually triumph over a lot of issues. A lot of injury. And we experience that as I'm 87 years old. And in some things, I'm much better than ever, which Mm -hmm. is loving, being supportive of people I care about, accepting love. 
Um, and and remarkably, I mean, I'm a psychiatrist. What am I doing being the expert on globalism? How did I ever keep that brain so that it can accept like right. this whole new thing? Because uh, that's our major contribution that Ginger and I are really making is looking at the globalist themes from all the different directions. Right. And well, I think why, that's why from... I mean, why why not you, right? Like, well, I th- I think the real reason it's us is the spiritual view we have, really? because it's more than our the limits of an eighty seven year old brain. I can feel the little stuttering in my voice sometimes that I didn't have when I was thirty five. I mean, I can he I can be aware of uh, taking care of my energy levels much much more than I ever did when I was young. But yes. I think it's the spiritual life that can even overcome um, uh, at least moderate injuries to the brain. And uh, that's why I encourage people to be positive. Now, in terms of um, coming off psych drugs, most people, the way they've taken psych drugs, they're the kind of folks I'll see in my practice, not the 50 years on on five drugs and, and the three years in mental hospitals and so on. But the people I work with, they always completely recover. And I don't... Wow. I don't um, do anything physical. I recommend they eat well, which has, in my case, has changed from being vegetable based to being a cannibal. I know a carnivore. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! So you're eating meat these days, or all? I'm eating complete (laughs) meat and dairy, which I was doing the opposite of for a while. And I think they both work to some extent because, for one thing, they cut out sugar and they cut out all the manufactured stuff. I also think that an abrupt change in diet can can reset the bioderm in the gut so that the gut kind of like resets. Uh, I think that's my hypothesis. Because we're looking looking globally at why do so many people do well when they switch to the plant-based? Why do they do well when they they go Mediterranean? Why do they do well when they go on- If it's a big change. On on animal-based. And I I think it's A, the exclusions. They all exclude- uh, sugar and uh, manufactured. What's the word? Not manufactured. Processed. Uh, processed. Processed. Yeah. Right. Very interesting. So if people are not aware that they're brain damaged, which is true of many of our loved ones, and you think spiritual practice can overcome physical limitations, do you think praying for them is going to, can actually heal their brains? And does the brain heal? I mean, I'm just asking a practical the, oh, question. The brain, the brain can heal. Um, that people make a lot out of cell regeneration, but in my research so far, they're not really good cells. It's not that. People develop new connections in the existing brain all the time. And that must be what Ginger and I have the ability to do because we're so out of our ordinary fields. Right, um, right. So I think you ju- it's regenerating and that's the connections and that's what the brain does does well. Interesting. So people who have been vaccinated or boosted and who are one way or another becoming aware that they might have caused themselves some cognitive damage, you, you'd recommend they would try, they should try new things or learn new things or be in new situations. Get engaged in loving some aspect of life. Wow. Engaged, loving. It can be your animals. It can be your hobbies. It can be nature. But I think best of all is God and love of humans. And just rejuvenates us. So I would say, you know, 
forget whether you're short-term memory, which mine's still pretty good, but forget whether you've got short-term memory problems, forget whether you can't concentrate, forget if you can't do that multiple tasking you used to love. You're on the phone talking to your mother and you're telling the kids what to do and, and you're thinking about the laundry list or whatever. And that, um, that many of us have to do. Um, or you can't do that. That's right. Focus on loving relationships and one's enough and engaging yourself as much as possible with whatever makes you happy and engaged. And fortunately, yeah. you and I love books and art, right? Love writing. So we've got this amazing thing we can do. We'll find what your amazing thing is. And we both love. And um, I think that's the key. It's key to life. Love and reason. And, wow. Um, love and reason. Fantastic. Well, it's, <laughs> That's hopeful that that actually will like create new connections, new yeah. neural connections. I assume yeah. you're saying, and there's no and, limits on that that we know. Did, does that reconstitute the same personality and the same nuanced mind? That better if better. you can view things from a loving viewpoint. If from this broadcast onward, folks, if you can look at your spouse, your partner, your children, even your dog. And think to yourself, everything I do, I want to engage in a loving way. Mm -hmm. I want to let go of all the crap, all the past mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, you know, I invented a little thing called the primary principles. We kind of sum this up in my book, Wow, I'm an American, which lost me friends in New York, as you can mm -hmm. imagine. There yes. was about 2000, I lost me my agent oh, no. since childhood, nice liberal Jewish boy I knew from childhood. Well, wow, just because of the title, while wow, I'm an American, and the the first the first principle what was the is while wow, I'm an the title is wow I'm an American. What's wrong with that? Well, you, come, you, you come out of the progressive movement. What would have happened if you'd written a book called Wow yeah, I'm an American? Right. Yeah, you know, right. we really got to look at the no truth. No one would like us. <laughs> they would, it would have been terrible. America sucks. That would be a bestseller. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, but sorry, go ahead, Doctor Bregan. But uh, this is a lovely conversation. Thank you. I didn't expect to just, I mean, you're interviewing us and we're interviewing <laughs> you, which is cool. Um, but the first principle, and this is way before uh, uh, COVID, is, is protect freedom at all times. The mm -hmm. second one is, uh, well, just, just protect freedom. And the second one is take responsibility mm, yes. at all times. The third one is express gratitude for your gifts and opportunities. And the final one is become a source of love. Oh, love it! And Beautiful. yeah, and that really is pretty good. And I couldn't, I couldn't have come to anything like that without Ginger. I mean, if I was uh, writing in nine, more, uh, maybe forty-five years ago instead of forty when I met Ginger, it would be really life sucks, but keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Awesome. Well, you're very lucky. And yeah, yes, well, we yes. are. We're, we're very blessed. we actually believe that God felt finally felt mercy on us and just put us together. <laughs> now I relate. I, I found the love of my life, you know, well past the time that you're supposed to. <laughs> I was 44. Wow, 45. amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, beautiful. Oh How did you meet? Oh, where did you, uh, that, you We'll got, tell you that story. You got to come time. back for another segment <laughs> some other time. We should have another show where we just talk about lives. You could even bring your 
Yeah, I'll yeah. I'll write you separately. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> I, I've never we've never done that with anybody. And we just have three more minutes, so okay. I Which, want to make sure that you have an opportunity yeah, yours. to share anything else you'd like to share. Yeah, thank you. Well, I guess I should um, the book and where they can find you. Do that. Certainly. So it's called Facing the Beast, A Courage, uh, Faith, and Resistance in a New Dark Age. And please order it on Amazon in these early days because that sends an important message to booksellers and the media. Um, it's largely widely censored, just like everything I do and you do it is. Um, and you can also go to dailyclout.io and download all the Pfizer documents reports. Um, you can order the Pfizer book on Amazon and you can find me on Outspoken on Substack is the name of my blog or my, my what is it series? My Substack, I guess, is the yeah. noun we use these days. Yes. And I, I appreciate it. Is there anything else you want me to say or should I say goodbye? I don't know what we're doing for time. We have two more minutes. Is okay. there is there anything else you'd like to share, especially about the book or something yeah. else? Well, I think it's important um, to highlight uh, that, especially now with the January 6th videos being released. Yes. One of the chapters in the book is called Dear Conservatives, I Apologize. And I wrote it after having seen just one or two uh, clips of released videos on Tucker Carlson's show at that time. And I realized that so much of what I believed as a liberal was not true. And I just go through the list of things I believed because CNN and the New York Times told me they were true, ranging from, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop is a fake thing and the Russia hoax and the Steele dossier and, you know, um, that January 6th was an insurrection. I was never completely convinced, but I believed it more than I subsequently did, um, as opposed to a riot, right? And um you know, on and on and on. And I just go into detail about how these lies serve to demonize half of America. And it's the half of America that I feel very blessed to be able to have conversations with after I got ousted on January of 2021 from my own privileged perch as a liberal media commentator by doing accurate reporting um, on Twitter of women's health problems subsequent to mRNA injections, especially menstrual problems. And the point is, I think we're in a time where we need unity, you know, to speak to your point about globalization, we need, you know, I'm a nationalist now, I think the nation state is a great thing. It's the only way to defend democracy. And to have a nation left and right need to kind of drop the stereotypes and misconceptions about each other and have direct communication. And so my gesture toward that was this letter you know, apologizing for everything I believed that was wrong um, about conservatives. Um, so I just wanted to highlight that it's not the it's not all that the book is about, but it's definitely mm. a, a. Yes, it's a wonderful chapter, Naomi Wolf. God <laughs> bless you. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love talking to you both. Thank you both. Take care. Be well. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. 
That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Well, this is Dr. Peter Bregan and Ginger Bregan for this third segment of our Naomi Wolf interview. We knew that she only had time for two segments, which is the plight of someone who has a new book out and has managed by a appointment manager. And um, and I thought, hey, well, that's good. I don't know what we're going to talk about, and I don't still at this moment know what we're going to talk about. But Naomi just raises such uh, uh, depth of uh, spiritual issues, political issues, global issues. Um, she's so honest about her relearning uh, the truth after progressivism. That'd be a good title, relearning the truth after progressivism. And uh, that's what she's done. Very, very few people who are successful in their niche, as she has been, ever make that change. It's easier for people who are just, you know, doing their jobs, driving a cab, uh, maybe uh, coming around fixing up the outdoors of our house. I mean, uh, people who are not deeply enmeshed in earning their living through the progressive uh, advantages uh, politically often change their mind about things. They're more flexible. They're often actually have a more critical intelligence, not more critical than Naomi's, but they often have a more critical intelligence than the ideologues do. But it's extraordinary for somebody who had all the opportunities of Naomi Wolf to, to continue starring in the progressive community to come out like this. One of the things she does in her book is she talks about going to a party of the New York elite who had um, shunned her when she refused to get vaccinated. They wouldn't let her come to the parties anymore. But she describes how people came up to her and just, uh, first of all, everybody looked different than they do now. They uh, were wearing sneakers instead of the uh, the latest, I don't even know the words. Uh, fashion wear. The latest fashion wear. And, and they were, some of them, they were really dressed down. And not at all like how they would go out parading on the streets and the streets, she basically said, had become a dunghill, so they didn't want to parade out there anyway. And um, how they all wanted to tell her about being sick or about being injured. They didn't necessarily bring up COVID-19 or the jabs, but they all, they were like elderly people when they didn't used to look like elderly people. And uh, the, so the transformation of what I would call a lower level elite, a city elite, many of them though, from being in New York, well, you know, world involved world finance and world politics. She's just an extraordinarily uh, sensitive describer of uh, the human condition and its changing. And she helped inspire me to get more into seeing the comparison. Well, I mean, I, 
I had to figure it out for myself, but it was her her great analysis of the of the world around her observations. Her observations, yes. It got me to thinking it looks a lot like being in a mental hospital, but it also looks a lot like being drugged in a mental hospital. Uh and um and then my more and more as Ginger have been thinking, it's all the same. Everything that's going on is the same. Um how are we doing on time? Do we have our time mechanism working? Yep, everything's fine. Okay. Um, it was good to hear you interacting with Naomi. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Yeah. Do you any thoughts about it? Um, I think one thing we didn't get to touch on yet that I wanted to uh, at least introduce for our listeners so that they can go and find our new Substack <clears throat> is the a tie-in that I've realized between the work she was doing in regards to the injuries to women and pregnant women and to new mothers and the infants and newborns. These injuries, it's a large question separate from why is the world being vaccinated? Why against all medical practice and historical procedure and ethics plain old and ethics this, this is massive malpractice why is why are women and newborns and pregnant women being given the so-called covid vaccines um when it's against everything historically in medicine to do that with something that isn't uh actually actually specifically cleared for that vulnerable class of human beings, both the um, the preborn and the newborns and the pregnant women. Why would that be so essential that that be done? And that, I could never answer that question until we were doing some of our most recent work where we were looking at at how the vaccines tend to damage the immune system. And over a period of time, after the immune system is damaged, there's an exhaustion that happens where you can keep vaccinating someone, but that individual, those individuals, their bodies, their immune systems are so exhausted, they can no longer respond anymore. It would be like telling a runner to... Uh, run a marathon and then set him up in front of another starting line and say, now run it again, when his whole biological system is absolutely so worn out, he can hardly begin to drag himself across the starting line, let alone have any impactful kind of a demonstration of his abilities. Great analogy. Thank you. Um, And what we realized was that there actually might be uh, uh, a an, an actually deliberate desire to exhaust the immune system. Why would the creators of this vaccine? Why would the uh, predators who have have thrust this upon the world? Why would they want our immune systems to be compromised potentially? long-term, potentially forever, why would that be? And I 
believe that if it's true, and I, uh, it looks to me like it's true that there's a lot of nanotechnology, a lot of various kinds of experimental substances that are being included in the vaccines that are being put into humans' bodies through these vaccines, other than just the spike itself. That ties in with the desire to to construct new kinds of human beings that are a combination of technology and biology. So that would be synthetic biology. And that's what uh, what these various scientists around the world state and demonstrate through their photographs and their videos that they're finding in the blood of the individuals and in the vaccine um, samples that they've tested. They're finding uh, synthetic aspects of bio, bio, synthetic biologies in their samples that they look at. And these are at least 26 different scientists, engineers, physicians, microscopists, and so forth who have done this, been doing this work. What is the biggest problem with putting something foreign into a body, whether it be a nanotechnology-sized foreign little bitty thing, or it, it be a new heart or a pacemaker or anything else. The biggest problem is the potential for rejection, but the potential for the system to reject the new implant, whatever it is, whether it be tiny bits of metal that have to do with biosensing and um, so forth, or whether it have to do with a whole organ that gets brought in even if it's a good match, so to speak, even if all of the basics are in are in line to make it the most probable success of transplant. The biggest thing you have to do is you have to suppress the immune system because the human being's individual immune system is going to look at anything foreign that's brought into the body, whether it's a valve from a pig like my father had when he had heart issues and he needed an aortic valve replacement, or whether it be uh, something tiny little metal bits that are then programmed to self-assemble later at some point in the body. The biggest problem is the immune system. And so it needs to be suppressed. And that is what's happening with the constant assault by vaccination, next vaccination, next um, booster, and so forth. And I believe that one more step that we didn't cover in our article about this that just got published on America Out Loud, and it's been reproduced on our Substack. Uh, the one more step that occurs to me having to talk, having talked with Naomi and thinking about her work is that one of the things that these monsters would want to do would be to try and push human beings, perhaps even infants, push those biological systems to tolerate these assaults of these foreign objects to the point that they would begin, the monsters would then begin to be able to uh, implement their dreams of constructing knitted together synthetic biology 
units with the uh, human biology that, that that is being assaulted. So that rather than just killing the individual, they're actually able to construct various internal uh, architecture that helps to manage the person, make the person stronger, make the person uh, do uh, vulnerable in different ways. We are we are at the beginning of a whole new kind of a thought process, and that's my latest thought about that. Yeah, I'm very glad you talked about that. <clears throat> I was going to not so eloquently try to get it in, but so much was happening with Naomi that I didn't get to talk about that, and I think that's really, really important. And um, the basis of that is is pretty much there in the article that uh, we both wrote together. Um, and um, I really appreciate your insights into all that. The way we work as a team is is really, uh, really something to behold sometimes, folks. <laughs> um, I, I, um, I'm, I'm laughing a- because we, our best work is done at midnight. And then one or the other of us says, oh, please, not now. I need to go to sleep. Yeah, well, that ha- that happens. It's usually me saying, please, not now I have to go to sleep because I'm a lighter sleeper and I get caught up in stuff. But this whole section that we're writing about now started at about uh, 10 or 11 o'clock one night when Ginger said, I think they're weakening our immune systems so that they can do more and more of their transhumanism and put whatever they want in our bodies because we won't have an immune system. The uh, I really do, do want to say I was we were really serious about no matter what kind of injury you have, folks, whether it's a physical injury or a spiritual injury or child abuse injury, the more you can turn to spirituality, to knowing your body's a vehicle, vehicles get dinged, sometimes they don't chug right, but the real importance is of who's driving and what's your condition. And the What's the condition of the driver? Yes. What's the condition of the drivers? And spiritually, what is the condition? Right, right. And I believe that our spirits can rise up and drive our brains as if they're just our vehicles. And that brains will develop new connections. They do that very well and wide, widely throughout the brain. That's the miracle of, uh, of learning is these new connections and it's the first year of life is all about the uh, dying back of un- unused, no longer useful connections and the evolution, the growth of new connections. That's a great deal what happens to the brain during its uh, in the start of life. So get your connections going. And the one way to do that is connect to your loved ones, connect to your environment, connect to art, connect to, to nature. Everybody connects to uh, different things. My idea about love in this manner is uh, really it's a, a happy awareness. It's a joyful awareness of and a joyful awareness in terms of loving and engaging yourself in life despite the difficulties is is a key, key to life. We've been working on that with each other for a long time, and we've managed to do better and better yep. instead of worse and worse, which won't really is a common thing. So this has been a very exciting um, three segments. 
Uh, we don't often talk together on the radio. I want to do more of it, Ginger and I, um, so that you can see what I see and learn the way I learn. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Uh, yes, I wanted to suggest that our listeners take a look at our two most recent, well, actually, it's recent as of the 20th of November. This is airing on Thursday, um, Thanksgiving. Take a look at our substack, which is titled ADEX. I don't remember the rest of the title, but... Oh, I have, I have it right here under the mic. Okay, there. <laughs> and um, it's uh, Jab-Induced Fatigue, ADEX. An insidious gateway to transhumanism and human control. Well, actually, it has a different title that Malcolm gave it. Oh dear, I think that's yeah. right. But, but you look it, look for that general thing. Look for the ADEX. Look for ADEX. Stuff happened. Stuff happened after I finished my part <laughs> of the work. And then there's another Substack that we just put together that published on America Out Loud, and then on our Bregan Substack. And that has to do with 200 medical journals on the very same day coming out with the very same editorial declaring that there was uh, a new global disaster happening that requires emergency response. And that is from the UN and from the from the UN and who and all the countries. And that is climate control. So they're going climate change. So the. the 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 globalists and the UN and WEF and WHO and all of those who want to control our lives are now going to try and pull a COVID on us again, except it's going to be climate change this time instead of COVID. Don't fall for it. Help your families to understand that this is fear mongering. We're going to get a whole new level of fear mongering. But in the last minute, I mean, very, very important what the what it's actually about the column mainly is if you don't didn't believe in, quote, conspiracy theories, how in hell do the globalist climate change progressive, really global terrorists that we're dealing with now? Good point. How do they get all the major most of the major journals, the AMA put it online how do they get them to do this instantly on the same day? It's a control mechanism beyond belief in the dollar relationships and affinity of politics, globalism relationships among all these institutions. Yep. I think we're done. And we're done. That's it, folks. Thanks so much for listening today. Peter and Ginger Burke.